You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Suna. So a few episodes back, I announced our new partnership with Suna, the virtual photo shoot platform for product photography for brands. Yes, I love their service. I said it in that episode. We used it to launch our book last year, but I also have tremendous respect for Liz George, the co-founder and CEO. Liz is a media entrepreneur at heart, and I really believe she's driving the entire e-commerce industry forward by empowering brands to access incredible creative. She's got tremendous data around creative and conversions and insights into this industry. So I'm super excited to be doing a monthly episode with Liz around killer creative and so much more. So Liz, welcome to e-commerce marketing school. It's my absolute honor to be here and to infuse some creativity into the show. I love it. So tell us about Suna. We'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about you and, and what you are all up to. Well, as you said, Suna is a virtual photo shoot platform, but for those that are trying to piece together what that means, it means that we literally make it possible for you to plan a photo shoot, have it happen entirely online, and then order your content to use in your store in a matter of days without having to do all the hard work of finding a photographer, a studio, a model, all those things. We make it so easy. Our customers love the Suna platform because it takes all of the guesswork out of what kind of images you need. So For example, we have amazing things like recommended photo shoots that help you launch a new Shopify store, or if you want to be really trendy and upgrade your Instagram, how you can do that quickly and affordably. And more than anything, I think the thing we try to get across with Suna, it is the most affordable way to create professional assets for your store. Our photos are $39 each and we deliver them in 24 hours. We believe it's the most affordable and the fastest way to make your store look its best. It's awesome. I remember when I first heard about you, I went to the site and that was like the moment that it clicked for me. I'm like, oh, okay. Because now, you know, little old me can take my little e-commerce book, send it to Suna and it'll look like, you know, the thing of my dreams. It was awesome. And it's been awesome to see the success. But yeah, did I just hear that you crossed 10,000 merchants? There are now 10,000 merchants on the Suna platform creating content for all of their stores, but also for their marketing, which is one of the most exciting things about the product. To your point about your book, we make your book look awesome on the product listing page, but we also give you those really exciting images that help create conversion on Instagram, that help people to click from Facebook, that help it stand out if you want to run paid ads. And so that's really what's so beneficial is that these 10,000 merchants are now supporting the entire visual layer of their e-commerce stack. It's amazing. I'm excited to have you here. There's a ton that we could dive into. So we're going to be doing this regularly. But today, you know, something that I want to dive into is what you told me the other day. So you, when we were catching up and and thinking about this, you called for the death of product on white. So, you know, for a lot of us, myself included, like product on white is lingo that I, you know, it took me a second to think about, but obviously I, I can understand what that is. But Give us a bit of a history on on what that is and, and, and why you think it's kind of fading away. As many as 20 years ago, when we first started having commerce on the internet, a set of standards was created by the biggest players online, largely eBay and Amazon. And what did a bunch of engineers creating commerce on the internet decide to do? They decided, let's go ahead and take a picture of all the products we're selling and put them in a white background so that it's impossible to misinterpret what this product is. So it doesn't matter if it's a cup or if it's a lotion 
or if it's a chair, we're going to put all these things on a white background and that's going to answer all the customer's questions. And we're going to make that even better by making sure we get all these angles, the ups and downs, the sides. And this became the industry standard. It does not matter where you shop. Product on white is the thing that you are most likely to see when you are engaging in e-commerce shopping. And yet, when we look at the data around product on white, Yes, it does answer a lot of the questions consumers have about a given product. It helps you see, for example, different angles and different perceptions on what the product that's going to be delivered to your doorstep looks like. It actually is one of the lowest conversion creating types of assets. And when you see, for example, I remember talking to some of the teams at Zappos about their product on white initiatives, and they told me when they have product on white, they need as many as seven to eight images to create a conversion Whereas when they have a photo on a model, they need as few as four, right? And so when you look at the comparison of how many more assets you need to create a conversion with product on white, it's just not an efficient asset. Interesting. So when you say like product on white versus other options, you mean models being one, right? Like in in environment um, or product on another color other than white? It could be on a color. It could be on a surface. For example, if you're selling knives, putting it on a granite surface or in a kitchen sink. It could be the product on someone's body, actually seeing the product not floating in space on a ghost mannequin, as we see as a common example of product on white, but actually putting it on a person's body and then having it be on a blue wall or a green wall or a tan wall choosing a color that might actually help the consumer contextualize what color that shirt is. One of the strange things about the color white and is that it's actually not a color. It absorbs color and it reflects color. So when you take a picture, for example, of a red shirt on a white background, that white background will absorb some of that color and actually change the way that the product looks. Product on white creates a lot of returns because it's very difficult to understand what the color truly is. But a red shirt on a blue background, which is opposing colors on the color spectrum, is actually going to help you understand that tone of red more clearly with your eye. The last thing I'll say about product on white and your alternatives to it is it actually doesn't have to go that far from white. We find that product on nude or product on tan can be even two to three times more effective than product on white for answering consumers' questions and helping to create conversion. I feel like there's probably a lot of people listening that need to like immediately change their next photo shoot as a result of this. Even today, you know, I just, it just feels like maybe people think it's the safe thing to do. So to, to hear this from you, I think is a really helpful tip. And it goes back to like a lot of the other kind of things that you've shared with me in our time together, which is, you know, people need to be able to relate to what they're seeing in the image. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised to, to hear that about models. And I think that's a, a subject that we'll get into together. So while we're, we're on that, I think that's a really big tip. What are some other kind of no-nos in terms of, you know, visualizing your product? Sounds like product on white is, is one that you, you recommend staying away from. What else? One of the biggest things that brands do is they pick a different style for every single product that they sell. And we want to really encourage people to pick a lane, pick a style. Why? Because so much of today's efforts to increase cart value, to get a consumer to add that one more item, is about creating emotional cohesion, creating the belief 
that I need that one additional item. So when you think about how does that work together, it part of that is by making sure that they're part of the same visual ecosystem. So what we ask our brands to do is really pick a lane, pick a style, and then stick with it for their store. This makes it so when you use a plugin on your Shopify store, as an example, that gives people the, hey, you missed something, it looks like it belongs. It looks like it's supposed to be there. The other thing I always want to encourage brands to do is to choose a minimum of five images for every single product listing page. And you might be thinking, my gosh, Liz, I don't even can't even think of five images to include for my product. But let me help you think about some of the things you could try. In addition to having that one stylized image that's maybe a product on beige, as an example, you're also going to want to pull some user generated content. You're going to want to pull some product in use content. Product in use literally means how does your product get used? If it's a hand wash, so show someone washing their hands. If it's a mascara, show someone using the mascara. The fourth image you're going to want to try is you're going to want to try a scale shot. Again, really understanding, is this product for me? Imagining it in my life, imagining that conversion. So Product in the palm of a hand is a great way to show scale. And then the final image is going to be something that's going to be fun and irreverent. Imagine a lifestyle image or something that's really, really bold. If you can get those five images at a minimum, you're really going to see your consumer behavior change. They're going to start piecing together the story of, aha, I like this product. Here's how it fits into my life. Here's how I'm going to use it. Here's how big it is in contrast to my own perception and understanding. And yes, I can have this experience too if I purchase this product. I love it. I love it. Some really good tips in there. And one time you told me how you really feel about renders too, right? (laughs) Well, renders are often on white backgrounds as well. So renders are this very common practice in the industry where your manufacturer provides you a digital rendering of your product. And then many merchants will take that digital rendering, clear out the background, put it on white, and then upload it to the website. We spent some time talking to some Amazon sellers about renders because it's very common in the Amazon ecosystem. And my giant takeaway from my time with them is that renders equal returns. As much as 30% to 40% of rendered image products were being returned And the reason why is because you simply couldn't answer the questions that the consumer had. So what do they do? They order it, they take a chance, and they answer the questions themselves. And what they find out is that it wasn't what they expected. If you are choosing renders, it's okay to start there. But always make that decision to invest in your product images because investing in your product images is the single fastest way to invest in your conversion rate. Amazing. Really, really good stuff. No surprise. And if you're new and you've never really heard of Suna or haven't tried them out, head over to S-O-O-N-A.co and, and we'll link them in the show notes, of course. 